Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk, live from the Senior Bowl here at Mobile, Alabama. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and anywhere you get your podcasts. Today, me, my boys, Stephen Thompson, Nick Martin, we're breaking down day two here at the Senior Bowl. Plenty to talk about. I think today was a more consistent day, a better day for bigger names out there on the field. I think you got a little bit more of a feel of who's actually here to play, who might be struggling for real after day two. We're going to get into all of it, plus how that leads into the Pittsburgh Steelers offseason and a couple of things that I believe could change the course and possibly the direction of where the Pittsburgh Steelers are headed in the near future. But first I got to ask day two, we'll start with you, Nick. What are you, uh, what are you looking at? How, how was your, uh, what was your biggest takeaway? You think? I think my biggest takeaway was the one, the quarterbacks were a lot better, but two, like, I, I just really liked what I, what I saw from the backs on backers. Like I was really paying attention to backs on backers and you could just see these, see the linebackers. And biggest thing for me, I wanted to see how Tajay Spears uh, held up in pass protection. I, th- I think he fought pretty well, but the biggest thing I thought was he was still getting run over. Aubrey Miller Jr. They had like a, they had like the first rep. He like got ran over, and then like the next rep, they they had him go again, and he ended up holding his own. I just love watching these backs on backers, just full speed, big, just so much hitting so much so much just it's pure football i i just love it with these running backs versus the linebackers i thought yeah aubrey miller really stood out in that regard i thought uh vasier dennis uh had a much better day than he did uh yesterday i thought vasier dennis had a really nice pick uh on day on day one but i thought overall like his level of consistency was not very good but i think he made some pretty nice plays in backside pursuit in some of the team drills and uh, I'd say Dorian Williams uh, was standing out in backs on backers. I think he did a really good job of just creating just constant disruption. Just, you know, he made it really tough for guys to just block him one-on-one. And, uh, yeah, that was my biggest takeaway with the, uh, the, was the running backs and the linebackers just going at it, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm starting to get the feel that Spears is like a little Darren, Darren Sproles kind of kind of feel to him out there. I, I get a little, you know, really good at catching the football. Uh, explosive runner, maybe not the most physical guy because of his size, but uh, you know, Darren Sproles vibes are always good vibes. Uh, Steven walking out of day two, what were you feeling? What, what's your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I was, um, I was more impressed with the offense today. I thought last day, uh, I thought yesterday was a lot of defense, um, you know, just kind of at all levels. Um, I thought the defense really stood out and guys on the defensive side of the ball had their best days, but today, the offenses have clearly started to gel with another day on the field. Guys are starting to feel each other out. Um, the passing game was much better for both teams. Um, I thought these quarterbacks were much more accurate. Um, I, I liked the way a lot of them moved around the pocket and avoided some pressure. Um, but uh, receivers also made some incredible plays. I saw guys making acrobatic catches all over the field um, in one-on-ones against defensive backs. And then even uh, in the one-on-one drills with uh, the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen, I walked away much more impressed with – more guys on the offensive line than I did on the defensive line. Um, Darnell Wright was a guy who stood out. Um, Osiris Torrance was a guy who stood out. Uh, 
Blake Freeland, right, from BYU. Blake is yes. his first name. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was. I thought he was really strong today. Um, yeah, I was really impressed by those guys. Um, and it it just seemed like the offense is day-to-day. Um, we'll get one more day of practice to kind of settle the score. But Chalk went up for the offense, and Chalk went up for the defense so far this week. Yeah, I like how you said uh, day one was the defense, day two was the offense, because I kind of got that same vibe. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway is very simple. It was freezing cold out there, and <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm redder than a tomato. It's disgusting. My lips match my forehead. Not a big fan of it. Um, but my, my biggest takeaway is the same thing. I think that, just like I said at the beginning of this, I, I think the biggest thing was we saw more consistency. It was, okay, we – yeah, you got the you got the nerves out. You shook off the rust. You got comfortable with everybody around you. I actually got that from a couple of guys when I talked to them today. That it was, uh, you know, after you got to know people and after you got to adjust to your new teammates, you know, things started to move more fluent. And that's the big thing. These guys are brand new teammates with each other, but they are teammates. They've just formed a team, and they have to understand a brand new offense in a system that's based on the NFL, which is a league they have not played in yet. So, yeah, football is football, and terminology is always just the only thing that's different. But things are going to change rapidly for these guys, and they have coming in here. So it was good to see everything calm down. And I think that changed the entire landscape, really, of who we could evaluate and how we could evaluate things because we got a feel of, okay, these, this is real now. You know what I mean? It's you, you, There's no more excuses. It's either you're good or you're not good. I mean, I think we got a, a good hold of that. Yeah, and I think, well, if I can add just one more part to that, that that's what makes Thursday, this next, this final practice, so much more exciting because um, yeah. guys actually do have their feet wet. They know what they're doing right now, um, and, and now they can just play. And I, I think that that makes Thursday all the more exciting, and I'm, I'm even more excited for the game on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's good as, as we progress the week. I, I honestly wish that Friday had a practice as well because mm-hmm. I think that, that by that time you're so fine-tuned, you're – you know, things are clicking. That's when we'd see some big plays. Um, I, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. Day one was very obvious. It was the offense and defensive line. That's where the Steelers had their interest, mostly on the offensive line, I would say. Day two, they started to switch it up a little bit. You saw Mike Tomlin spend some time with the offense, but he definitely made his way through the practice. And he spent some time with the cornerbacks. Uh, a name that stood out to me is Caillou Kelly, who had two picks today, should have had a third. I think he had a pick yesterday. The dude's having a great time out there. Cornerback, um, obviously a big need for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Do you guys have some names that you're thinking, yeah, these guys these guys are cert- certainly impressing? Uh, big big one for me is Julius Brents. For one, I interviewed him, and he just came off extremely detailed in his interview, just super genuine about what he looks for. The thing that stands out, the moment you you, you look at him, he's 6'3", he's got 33-inch arms, and he's 202 pounds. He, he looked exactly like it. The way he redirects guys at the line of scrimmage, even if he gets beat off the line, he could just he pins guys to the sideline. He doesn't let himself get beat across the face because if he does, gets gives out that inside leverage. It'll just you know he he has that length to be able to get his hand in and be able to bat down those passes. But I just think his physicality and just that length allows him to just play the ball in the air so well, but it's the fluidity. Like he just, he's just able to mirror guys so well off the line. Brent's guy just fits their mold extremely well, has very good traits in terms of his length, size, fluidity combo. Biggest thing I want to see how fast he run at the combine. He told me, 
I'm gonna run fast, so we'll see. Man. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see him. I think I think he was the I think he's been the biggest standout so far. Corner. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I'm a sucker for guys with long arms and, and long limbs. Um, you know, he's gonna he's gonna hopefully put those long legs to use uh, at the combine running that forty. Um, I really like Brent. I also liked uh, Chris Smith from Georgia. I thought he had a really good day. Um, it was just around the ball a lot. Um, he was sticky in coverage. He he's just really technically sound as, as most Georgia defensive backs are, they coach their guys really well down there. Um, those guys are always talented and then they, they come out really well coached too. Um, Chris Smith had a really good day. He's an exciting player. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, outside of Kelly and, and Brent's he, he's probably up there as one of the better defensive backs, uh, that, that has arrived at the senior bowl and come to the, come to mobile this week. Um, I, Nick, I know you like this guy too. And you talked to him, uh, after practice today. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's a, there's, uh, I, I mentioned you're talking to Chris Smith. Um, he is just probably like one of the smartest like safeties, like in the, in, in college football, he's just so instinctual in knowing when an offense it like what they're doing pre-step. He's just, he's, he's constantly on the move just in the right spot. The thing I've noticed is his versatility. Like he told me that he, he, he believes his NFL comparisons, Tyron Matthew, because of just his ability to do all do. So wear as many hats as possible in the defense. And he, he does, he, 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 you know, he blocks, he blocks kicks and punts for, for Georgia. he, covers receivers in the slot he plays deep he plays in the box he can do it all he, he can wear multiple hats and i i want to mention this guy real quick because i forgot to get to him but jacorian bennett was another guy i interviewed his he's a corner for maryland and you know how tomlin he loves his he loves his maryland guys and you know i i talked I, I talked to him about it's it like you talk to tomlin he's like oh yeah he loves he loves his maryland guys he, he he loves talking to him he had a meeting with the steelers um, biggest thing with me with Bennett is how competitive and physical he is. At times, I think it gets a, I, get, I, get, I think it gets the best of him, particularly at the top of his route. He he talked to me about wanting to trust his technique a little bit better. The thing I want to see more consistent with him is just not getting as grabby at the top of routes. But I thought he played extremely well overall is in one-on-ones especially in team scrimmage there's a play where Trey Tucker is running a wheel off a switch release he ends up going under the uh pick and he stays right in phase plays the ball in the air pass breakup it was just a really great play from Jacorian Bennett I I thought he was I thought he was a good interview and I thought he I thought he played pretty well overall yeah I I thought Bennett was a a, had a good day as well and I thought he had a good day yesterday but today I thought he really kind of showed out my guy's obviously Kelly like I think Caillou Kai Blue Kelly is is just that guy, you know. Like there was some question marks coming in here. He's projected as like a a day two guy, second third round. But I think he, at least in some teams' eyes, in the sixteen that are here, probably solidified himself as a second round guy. And that kind of leads me to this next question: Is the Steelers need a cornerback? And there's questions at Cam Sutton. And I think we could all kind of agree that we believe that Cam Sutton is likely on his way back to Pittsburgh, which is a good thing for the Steelers, at least in my opinion. The question is, you know, there's concerns about William Jackson III. There's concerns about Akello Witherspoon. You don't really know what's going to happen there. Can the Steelers go in there and double dip at corner? Because there's guys in the first round that we've talked about. Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr., Kelly Ringo. 
do you, do you grab one of those guys at 17 and then come back and get another guy that we've talked about here in the second, third round, or even guys that we haven't mentioned like Clark Phillips, or is that too many corners? And are you uh, kind of worried about that one? Steven, I'm going to direct that one at you first. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not into the double dip kind of method here. Um, I think the Steelers have too many needs. I, I think there are plenty of good corners and I think they could, really build a nice secondary for the future if they did that. But I, I think there are just too many needs. And I, I almost feel like it would be a waste of a pick to go go in on two corners, especially if you're going to bring back Cam Sutton on a, you know, how many years are you going to give Cam Sutton? You're going to give him a decently long-term deal. Um, I wouldn't, I, it just doesn't seem prudent to me, especially for the immediate future to, to go for two corners in the same draft when you have needs at linebacker, defensive line, probably not safety, you know, you need offensive linemen too. You need depth there. There's, there's just a lot that the Steelers need. And it's like, once you get one corner, you got to say, you got to, you can't, your eyes can't get too wide at the number of corners in this draft, uh, in my opinion. In my opinion. And this is, this has mostly to do with just playing the depth of the draft. It's always been a big part of how I approach um, looking at draft planning, not necessarily how I evaluate or anything like that, but I look at last year's wide receiver class and I look at how many of those underclassmen came out and how stacked it ended up being just all the way down to the fourth round. And that's where I feel that the Steelers need to double dip. I think there are, there are guys they can get early and guys they can get like day three that they can get like a Steven Gilmore that can play pure nickel like late, late on late on day three, like those types of guys they can definitely find. And I, I definitely do. I definitely do think that they, they need to keep that in mind because you can never have too many good corners in the league. And it's it, 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 one of the things you, you, you pick, you pick the best player available regardless of position. And that's the biggest thing with me. I think, you can solve all your needs, but if you're ta- if you're picking later in the draft and you're taking a position of need because of need and it's and he's not a highly ranked pr- pl- player on your board, you're doing yourself a disservice. You want to pick players who are going to contribute no matter what. Even if, day three is important. Look at what the Chiefs did on on day three of last year's draft. I praise that draft for so many reasons. They took Trent McDuffie in the first and they got Jalen Watson in the seventh and they got two starters out of, out of that. And they ended up playing so, so key of contributing roles for a team that has gone to the Super Bowl. And that's my point. Like we have, you have to play the depth of the draft. You have to play the strongest positions in on those day three areas. And that's why I think corner, no matter what, they're going to double dip how early, how late that's to be determined. I, I like that method. I like, uh, I, I think, you know, that's maybe the best of both worlds. Cause I'm a double dip. You know, I like the talent in this draft and I'm, I'm a corner guy, you know, like give me all the corners. It's been a long time since the Pittsburgh Steelers have had like really good corners. You can talk about Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson and Mike Hilton, but that lasted a year before that. It's been a while since the Pittsburgh Steelers have had three dominant corners that you could feel really good about. I'd be all about it, but I do like the the thought of, of waiting a little while because then you could address other needs. You know, you could get a corner early that is your superstar in the making corner 
have you know relative confidence in Levi Wallace, expect Cam Sutton to be your CB one, and then get another guy to be the come off the bench guy and you know work wherever you need him to work, but also have sixth, seventh, fifth round expectations for the guy, and then be able to go do things like add depth, find an inside linebacker, maybe you know some defensive line help because you certainly need defensive line help that does give you a couple of options and it doesn't waste those three early picks and just like you said there is a there's a lot of depth when it comes to the cornerback class it is yeah very 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 deep yeah and i was just gonna say, like i i should i should amend my statement i don't i'm not opposed to drafting two corners i am opposed to using those top three two of those top three picks on corners so that's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what you meant there. Um, and I agree. You know, I, I think that if that's the if you could if you're able to do that and wait, I'm about it. And I don't have any uh, qualms about the Pittsburgh Steelers waiting to do that. Um, outside of defensive de- defensive backs, you guys were impressed with the defensive line today. Uh, thought that the offense kind of got the the best of them with the offensive line. Um, names that stuck out to you in those battles that you think maybe added themselves to the Steelers draft board because they're certainly looking their way. Well, I, I can, I can lead off. I mean, Will McDonald was, was an animal and he's been an animal for both days. Um, it's, it's not a guy that I think was on the Steelers, right. You know, edge rusher uh, wasn't really on the Steelers, you know, radar, I suppose um, coming into this week, but I don't know. It's, part of me just feels like Bill McDonald is playing way too well to ignore him, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it kind of depends on what need they want to fill with that first. Like, I don't know how much he's rising right now. I know he was a really, he's probably one of the better edge defenders in this class, but I, I don't know how high he was projected to go before this week, but he is certainly rising. Um, and I just don't know. I don't know where he's going to end up falling, but man, he, he just looks so good. I just, I love watching him. Um, just another guy with super long arms. He's strong. He's fast. I, I, I really enjoyed watching him and I, he'd be, he'd be, he's going to be a good player wherever he goes and he's available for the Steelers. I don't know. It, it's it, like, I, Nick, you might have more insight on where he, where he was projected to go, but I, I really like him watching him this week. Um, personally, I think he's probably going to go around day two, most likely, uh, honestly, I, I have to, I have to watch a little more of him uh, up close. I can't just, uh, go off the senior bowl currently, but I would say based off the trades I've seen, I think about day two is about right. Day two is a, is a good place for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they need, they need a third edge rusher at bare minimum and possibly a guy to replace Alex Highsmith in the very near future. I mean, uh, that's that's a name. That's an and he has. He's been dominating the last two days, and he just looks the part. Like you look at Will McDonald, and you think, yeah, that guy. That guy looks like a stud on the outside. You know, he's not too big. He's got just like you said. He's got the long arms. Super fast. He pulled off a beautiful, beautiful spin move today against Darnell Wright. That's all over Twitter. You gotta love that one, um, Nick. When you're when you were looking at these guys, offensive, defense, defensive side of the ball, uh, the big men. Who who's standing out to you today? I'll give you I'll give you uh, one on each side. I'll give you Derek Hall for as edge rusher from Auburn. That guy has one of my favorite builds out of this class. He's like 6'2", 250, but he's got 34-inch arms. So he 6'2 is about right. You can win the natural leverage battle by having that low pad level, but then you have the long arms to boot and that 
is just a deadly combination. The thing I've always loved about Derek Hall was his ability to convert speed to power and just his long arm and just how he controls and just out leverages guys. And he was just doing that so consistently in team periods, uh, one-on-ones. I just, I just think the guy's super impressive. Obviously I want the Sears to resign Highsmith. <laughs> no one more than me, but you know, Der- Derek Hall, like he's, he's definitely a guy that I would keep in mind if, if they decide to go the route of not resigning Highsmith in the long term. And one more guy I'll give you, I'll give you on the other side is uh, Matthew Bergeron. Who's just playing all over the line. He's been playing guard. He's been, he's played a little bit of center. He's been playing tackle. He's, he's, you know, he's played everywhere, but he looks like the most natural as a, Left tackle, he's looked really impressive with his smooth feet. I think his I think his anchor has been a little more impressive than I saw on film. I think he's been doing a good job of just of just you know anchoring down on that last second. Biggest thing, you know, his hands. He's he's just been keeping himself clean. I think he's just had a really overall solid day while just being able to be versatile. And the biggest thing for me uh, with Steelers, especially when it comes to drafting offensive line. They, they love their versatility. They love the swing guys. They love the, you know, they love guys that they can just move around so then they can play them anywhere if an injury happens. And that's the big thing. You know, the Steelers were so lucky to get away without injuries last, last year at the offensive line position, at least very few injuries at, at that. And True. a guy like Bergeron, you know, if someone gets hurt at like tackle, he can come in there, but let's say, guy comes back and then another guy gets hurt at guard you know that he can step in and play guard and I think that's that's great versatility that's the stuff that you want to see especially if you believe that he can take over one day that way you believe he can you know he can have a significant role year one even if he's not a starter yeah I I agree my uh my my guy is on the offensive line I, there's two guys from Michigan here, okay? And they both play offensive line. One plays tackle, one plays center. So if I get this guy wrong, I apologize. But I think it's Alu Segan. Is, it, is that the center? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alu Watimi. Did I say that right? I, I, I have no clue, but you're, yeah, I don't you're, know. you're it, in the ballpark. <laughs> I, I just – I try. I'm trying my hardest. Um, there's some really – just wild but but cool you know like great names i have a very boring name as we all do we just didn't get a pronunciation guide in our with our senior bowl credentials so you'll yeah we'll have to figure yeah. it out. they should they should provide the, us that next year honestly yeah. i think yeah. i think that i think that would be like the best idea honestly <laughs> yeah 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 100% but he's uh he he had a great day uh, i thought that he played very well um it wasn't yesterday i you know i noticed guys like Cody Mock and uh Dewan James or Dewan Jones, excuse me. Um, those guys kind of really forced themselves. But I thought he had a great day, and I thought Jarrett Patterson had a phenomenal day. I thought both of those guys worked really well at center and guard. Um, there were crazy big lanes open in the running game, which I thought was very nice. Um, those two were very impressive right from the jump. I thought that they had really good days. Um, and, and were two names that like they're like middle of the middle of the draft-ish right now. And I think that they could both find themselves as options for the Steelers. Because if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I want versatile guys who can play center and guard, uh, you know, a, an upgraded JC Haasenauer. And I have all the credit for JC Haasenauer. I think he's a good player, but you want another guy 
who's out there as well. The Steelers were relying on Kendrick Green this year, and I don't think they want to do it next year. But I thought both of those guys had really good days, especially in the run game. Um, I was, I've was i been impressed with Patterson the last two days, so I, I have to give him. He's he's on my list of like very good guys that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers should be looking at. Um, I feel really good about both of them. The last thing I, I got to ask right now, it's uh, it's been asked to me twice. I've made two radio appearances in the last 24 hours, and they've both concluded with one question. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers actually spending time scouting punters? And does that mean anything? As we both know, they Mike Tomlin spent like 15 minutes yesterday talking to, talking to a punter. And in my head, that's just Mike Tomlin saying hi to a punter because if any coach in the NFL is going to go talk to a special teams guy, it's Mike Tomlin. Do you take anything with that, or do you just look at it and go, yep, nope, that's just Mike Tomlin? You could either read in between the lines and say, oh, he's not that interested in in the senior bowl class that's going on right now, or you could take it as he's just talking to the punter, or you could take it as, oh, my God, the Steelers have have the super need a punter. They they understand, you know. We, we, we We don't know for certain, obviously, but the thing with, like, the thing with Tomlin is, is he talks to everyone. He yeah. he goes to every single position group, regardless if it's a need or not a need. And that's because that guy loves football. He loves talking to, to players, and players love talking to him. And I think people need to understand that more than anything, rather than just getting all conspiracy theory on us. But, you know... <laughs> I mean, Nick, man, if you don't if you don't know anything about me, I'm all about the conspiracy theories. Okay, if you toss <laughs> conspiracy theory my way, I'm gonna ride it. It's true. Noah Noah believes conspiracy theories until they are proven false. He does not. I so I think it, it's also important to understand like the organization of these practices. They are first of all long. They are like two and a half hours. Um, yes. and also the punters do a lot of their work when uh the the rest of the positions are kind of doing individual work not taking up the entire field when they actually have some room to punt when they do team stuff when when football is actually live and when you can actually watch these guys play football uh the punters are kind of off to the side working on more technical stuff finer details um i i think that has as much to do with it as anything else like mike tomlin could watch guys run drill run tackling drills all day uh, and probably won't learn a lot as much, you know, definitely won't learn as much as he would watching them actually play football um, or as, you know, as close as they get to real football in these practices that just don't go fully live. So I think like a lot of us, he, his mind might have started to wander, wander during these practices and he just wanted to see something different. So I don't know, maybe he, maybe he's not drafting a punter. Maybe the, one of these guys did catch his eye, but I wouldn't read too much into it either. Yeah, so uh, I'll say this because you know I want I want to believe it. I do. I really I really want to believe it. But um, it's proven false because I haven't been impressed with either of the punters here at all. So I don't understand if I'm not impressed with them. I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to be very impressed with them. So I'm not a punter scouter, so I can, I can't say anything. I, I'm not a punter scouter either. But I was pretty like I thought Presley Harvin was going to be the greatest thing ever, and I was very I I wasn't. I'm not going to say I was very wrong on it, but I, he hasn't met the standard that I thought he was going to be at. But the other way around, I'm pretty uh I'm I'm pretty certain I could analyze if a punter is just pretty boring and well they've been pretty boring. So uh, I don't think I think Mike Tomlin was just chatting it up with a punter. And I think 
you know, if that punter makes the NFL and has a long career, that means nothing to him. But if he doesn't make the NFL and the senior bowl is the end of his road, which is a possibility because there's 32 punters in the NFL and well, chances are like two of them are going to make the NFL this season to replace the guys that are already there. Well, that's a pretty cool moment in that guy's life. And Mike Tomlin knows that. So shout out to Mike Tomlin and, uh, you know, shout out to conspiracy theories. I don't know why you guys are shooting them down because <laughs> half the time they work half the time. They're real. Okay. Or they're, they got a long shelf life and I have a lot of fun with them. So <laughs> you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. You'll never believe anything. If you don't believe all the conspiracy theories, that's my motto. All right, we're we're heading out of here, guys. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk live from the Senior Bowl here at Mobile, Alabama. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and subscribe there as well. Make sure to like this video and follow all of our work at allsteelers.com. We will be back tomorrow for the final day of Senior Bowl practice. Peace. (laughs) 